Welcome. You're listening to Sanseet. Where you'll find everything to do with spirituality, life lessons, holistic living, and medicine. To become your true self. We all have stories, journeys, experiences, and love. Here's your host, Erin O'Dowd. Hello and welcome on today's episode of Sansi Gatisho Abeo. He is a guy who knows everything and anything about reincarnation. And uh, hello, welcome to the show, Tisho. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. And uh, I enjoy the idea that I'm talking across about 8,000 miles. <laughs> is it really that far? And in an eight hour difference time zone. It's, it's amazing, actually. Yeah. You stop and think about it. Because <laughs> it sounds like we're in the same room. I know, it, it does, doesn't but, it? But, but the thing about consciousness is that there is no space anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I'm going to say a lot of stuff, and I hope your audience is going to be able to follow it, because I, I don't want to have to explain everything every time I say something. But we live in a, in a dual universe. It's a dual mind, and it, uh, the mind itself creates a labeling system that enables you to believe the world is separate from you. That's the only way we can have a life that looks like something's happening, you know, with the past, the present, and the future. But the whole thing is actually one consciousness, you know, and we're only separated from each other by the idea that we label uh, you are uh, Aaron uh, Dowd and I am Tito Abao, and that labeling concept makes makes us because uh, we believe it's true. there it is we're separate individuals but i don't know if you you do a lot of advanced um, stuff for your audience but they should have a a a, a rubik's cube available for this uh show because a rubik's cube is actually how it all works when you take a rubik's cube and you keep turning this this rubik's cube now, of course, the goal of an actual Rubik's Cube is to get all the colors on the same side. But what I'm using it for is to illustrate that there's nothing outside of this cube. And there's nothing outside of, your, of, of the universe. Consciousness is a constant. It is self-perpetuating, constantly reincarnating itself in mathematically precise storylines built from between-life agreements of Googleplexes of unique, finite egos. Reincarnation is the rule, not the exception. It's a curious thing that it's so obvious, it's hard to understand how people don't actually recognize it. In the Western world, uh, it's been frowned upon and, and it's been actually written out of the Bible. And uh, the majority of people that, that, I mean, I know your audience is a little bit more spiritual, I understand. So they, you're, the, most of the people in your audience are going to more or less understand what I'm talking about. But we've got 7.1 billion people on the planet. And less than 1% of them actually has a, a working concept of the idea of reincarnation. And, and that's what my book is about, the, the, the monograph of the parallel life of Tito Abano and Nero. Now, that's actually, it's actually more to that title. But the idea is, is that when I fell into the awakening to all this, I realized that 
there's no beginning and there's no end. This stuff goes on forever as long as you're willing to believe and enter into the agreement that there's a physical universe and we're participating as individual egos. And essentially, we're just playing this game and we're agreeing to these these storylines. When you say storylines, is that when we become born or, or how do we go about it? Okay, I'm kind of going to dump your audience into uh, some, some concepts that I've awakened them to. Because once you do regression work, you start to get what's going on. Each person comes into what I call a timeline. My timeline began about 7,000 years ago. Now, that timeline is very precise. I, I want to give your audience a little bit more expansion of the situation because though there are finite timelines, uh, now I use a word Googleplexes, and I presume that your audience knows that that's pretty much the largest number. Of course, there's gigabytes and stuff like that, which are even bigger. But you can't think of a number big enough to quantify the number of timelines there are. And these timelines flow, and then, of course, the brain is where this all takes place. Now, I'm sure your audience is very familiar with the movie The Matrix. I mean, those guys, whoever wrote that movie, understood this with great clarity. The only difference between the truth and the, the movie itself, The Matrix, is the machinery. Because they, they needed to have machines in order to to tell a story. I mean, they couldn't tell an abstract story. Now, the, the, there's a movie out called Lucy, L-U-C-Y. Mm -hmm. And that one actually does try to talk about the, the nothingness of, of it. But in The Matrix, they use the machinery to bring people into the storylines. I'm, I'm going to assume that most of your audience is going to have seen this movie or know about it. And what happens is the heroes get put in these seats and uh, they get attached to all this equipment and the equipment sends them into the world. And <laughs> when they come into the world, they begin to have these experiences in the world. And I don't want to get too much into it because um, because the movie itself is is great, but I need to try to stay in a, in a, in a uh, conversational mode in which most of your, part of your audience is actually going to get what I'm trying to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you saw the movie The Matrix, then you know what I'm talking about because the machinery is is a uh, just a way to to tell the story. But what happens is the human mind is the field, and there are all these tracks in the mind neurosurgeons who do do brain work noticed years ago that when they stuck a needle or a knife into a person's brain the person would have memories of crazy stuff that that were not part of their life i can't tell you what the original people that were uh, whether they fainted or not when they when this started happening <laughs> But it really set off the, the alarm bells and they couldn't figure out, they thought maybe these people were just imagining things. But they weren't imagining things because the brain is a complete holographic expression and itself is the physical world's 
projection of consciousness. And all these these timelines are actually flowing through. See, this is one of the reasons, why, and I'm sure your audience is very familiar with uh, with uh, people that are, teach you how to create your future, positive thinking and that stuff. Uh, um, there was a guy back in the 20s or 30s who who started it. Uh, his name was Napoleon Hill, and he says, "What the mind can conceive and believe, the mind can achieve." And up to a certain point, that is exactly correct. And then there was another book. I'm trying. I, I hope I'm not selling other people's books here, but <laughs> <laughs> but the secret is all about that idea that you can create your future. And what you're doing when you're able to 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 accomplish it is you're forging new pathways through your brain. And in some ways, now a lot of this I can't I can't tell you that I know specifically, because I'm pretty sure that the between life agreements have a lot to do with it. So you don't just actually postulate something new for you to, to that you're going to create. It has to be within the framework of your between life agreement. Otherwise, it's a hu- humongous uh, uh, task. I mean, it can be done because you are a, um, a powerful being you know you it's virtually impossible that you in your deepest nature your deepest part of yourself are not god but you cannot function in the dual universe as a superman i mean you can only do that in the comic books because the dual universe is a place where we're trying to have a, a, a level playing field and we're agreeing to certain kind of experiences so that you and i can actually have an experience and you're helping me and i'm going to give you an example does anything you want to ask me right now at this point no you're keep going okay uh there's a case history and it's part of the uh, regression codification and, and, and work that this gentleman went to a regressionist and he wanted to know why he was having problems progressing every time he would go for a higher job he would hit this wall and he would disintegrate he wouldn't be able to get past the interviews he would just somehow have problems with that and he wanted to know what the heck was going on so it turns out that in a roman lifetime he had a between life agreement he wanted to know what it would be like to lead men to their deaths in a ambush and what happened was the between life agreement was established and source consciousness found eight to nine thousand other beings who wanted to know what it was like to follow somebody into an ambush and die now i can't now i want to make sure your audience doesn't think that the story i'm going to tell you about what really happened what is part of the historical record in rome is this particular guy because i don't know that he didn't uh, when they discussed this case history they, they don't talk about who it was or that kind of stuff they just tell the tell the basics in the, the time of octavius he sent a roman uh, uh, leader of the army to uh, subdue the germans his name was quintus varius and when he got out into the into the Rhine area, he made contact with some tribal individual. I don't know if he was a chief or what. 
and they got to be good friends. And the guy convinced him that he could bring his seven legions into the heart of the German tribal area, and they were going to welcome him with open arms. (laughs) (laughs) So he was completely sold on this, and he didn't do any of the normal military preparations, like sending out patrols and uh, going out and and, and checking to see what the terrain was like, what the people were, where they were. He just marched seven legions into the forest. And of course, they were annihilated. And seven legions is around seven to 8,000 men. They were uh, annihilated to the men. And uh, there's an apocryphal story that uh, one of the, the troopers made it back to Rome and he had an audience with Octavius. And he says that they all, everybody in the, out there was, was, was killed in, in this, this attack. He cried or something like that, according to the record. And then he looked at the guy and he says, why are you still alive? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's kind of like dark humor, but whether that happened or not, I don't know. But it's a good joke and uh, or a black joke. But this is the way we as human beings are. We want to have certain kinds of experiences. And then when we make this between life agreement, source finds a whole bunch of people to be the victims. And I'm using the word victim because it's not necessarily victimizing us. Maybe, maybe you want to be a tribal leader and have a happy uh, bunch of people that you're taking care of. And that's, your, uh, that's what you want to do and you want to experience that. And then the source goes out there and finds you whatever, 20,000, 30,000 people to uh, join your, uh, your dream. And so that's how reincarnation works. It isn't any more complicated than that, except that it's very hard for people to really grasp it unless they actually uh, go out there and get regressed. Now, I need to do some due diligence here, because if anybody is going to take my advice and go out and get regressed, I want you to do it in the safest possible way. And over my 11 years of, of working as in regression work, I had three practitioners and they were graduates of the Brian Weiss or Dr. Michael Newton certification schools. So, I mean, I'm not trying to tell you to tell people that other people can't do this, but I'm saying that those people were business-like, they were professional, they didn't try to, as a matter of fact, one of them actually cut their price in half for me because I was, I'm retired and on a fixed income. So, I just want you to be careful if you go out there. And uh, these are the two schools that I believe have people that are uh, going to do right by you. But I don't want to. I want to cast aspersions on anybody else. You might know people that are are practicing it, and uh, you're satisfied with their work. So the thing I want people to really understand and take understand completely is that you no longer have to take any of this stuff on faith. Once you get regressed and discovered you lived before. Well, then you know, you didn't die. You just thought you died. When you say regressed and you you enter the state of watching through what's happened, how do you take the information and apply it to your current life? The several paths. The one I'm following is, I call it unwinding your illusion. Now, the whole idea from my point of view in the school I would create 
is is a liberation. In other words, you can find out who you really are. But the problem that that most people have is they uh, actually identify with an ego and they believe that they are that person. But you know the point, the problem is that you you can't have an experience without actually doing that to some extent. But the, the, the difference between somebody who, and I'm going to use a word I'm pretty sure your audience is familiar with, a person who is enlightened, is he, the enlightened person actually knows that they're playing a game. And they're observing the way their between-life agreements are working out. But they're not completely absorbed and deeply into it, because that's where the suffering comes from is when you don't realize that you're playing a game and you're putting in what what I call an Oscar-winning performance by actually believing all the stuff that you're experiencing and thinking it's real. See, that's that's the problem. And, of course, that will take you through millions of years of suffering, or maybe even billions of years or something, because I really can't tell you. I know that my timeline for this life is around 7,000 years, and I'm on that cusp of becoming the observer more than the participator, although the the karma itself continues to work itself out. There's another um, very famous um, psychological therapeutic concept that uh, was worked out years ago. It was about a person called Eve. And this person actually was the first time that psychiatry, as we knew it at the time, discovered and was able to verify that somebody actually has can go into several different personalities. And she she had three different personalities. And here's the real problem you have when the soul kind of goes kind of haywire. Because when you, you can move from one timeline into another timeline, the, the, the problem with it is that when you're in each timeline, you don't remember anything about the other timeline. And the Three Faces of Eve, now there was a, mo- a famous movie about, a movie made on it, it was called The Three Faces of Eve. She didn't know who these other people were, but the psychiatrist knew because they would come out when he would have his session with her, and they would identify themselves. And they were distinctly three different personalities. And the, the reason why this happened to her was is that she was, as a child, severely abused in this family and in order to escape the abuse she flipped out of of the primary identity the 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 victim identity and she would get into these other identities which were more assertive and more uh able to uh withstand the issues and and, and avoid them so this was the first time uh, that modern psychiatry actually came face to face with the idea that the brain inside the brain you can move from one track to another track but of course the problem like i tell you when you do this is you don't remember who you were and you slip out of one identity and then you slip back into another identity and then it becomes kind of dysfunctional and that's when she um, that's how see she didn't know that until till the doctor started working with her and finally she began to recognize when she would shift and have a little idea of being able to watch this. Now, 
watch this other other person that she was. It just shows you the capacity that her our, our consciousness brain has to to do it. You're an, you're an infinite being. It's just astonishing what you're you're perfectly capable of when you when you really want to do it. But remember, you're here in a burden body known as Aaron O'Dowd because you decided to be that person, and you're running out the karma. Aaron O'Dowd, and uh, in my case, it was a seven thousand year uh, track. I don't, I don't know what your track would be. Some it could be longer, it could be shorter. But what happens is, is you move through time, and what you're doing is winning, losing, and then, in my case, the, what my book, the monograph of the parallel life of Tito Avalo and Nero, is that lifetime for me as Nero was the nexus. In other words, everything came to a head. 7,000 years ago, I came in and I had a certain kind of experience and then it morphed into it. Every lifetime takes around 2,000 years to resolve the issues. Like for example, I can, I can give you something in, in present time that's gonna, be, that, that's gonna be interesting to your audience. Right now, there's a whole bunch of Russian um, uh, hackers who are attacking all, all their neighbors in, uh, with, with computer cyber attacks to try to destroy their, their systems. Now, what's gonna happen with those people who are involved in this and the leaders of it, is they're going to, over the next 2,000 years, contract a disease called multiple sclerosis. What that is, is the destruction, multiple sclerosis, multiple sclerosis is a destruction of your nervous system. So what these people are doing, the karma they're creating, is they're attacking the physical nervous systems of their neighbors. This is going to work itself out in, in over the next 2,000 years, and it won't just be one lifetime. It'll be maybe several hundred lifetimes in which they have these very debilitating nerve diseases. And what I'm trying to tell people is this, that the concept that do unto others as you would have them do unto you, it's not a homily, it's not a suggestion, it's a matter of karmic law. As you sow, so shall you reap. And the way it happens is symbolic of how you acted. What they are doing is attacking a kind of a nerve system of these various people that they're attacking. And they're creating this karma in which their nervous system will be attacked over the next 2,000 years. Like my book describes what happened, how, it, how this 2,000 year problem of my, I had I got resolved because it all came back to me. And the same people I faced in Rome as you would kind of say as a, as a dominator, they, I faced them in, the, uh, in this lifetime and uh, they took away my $1.7 million inheritance and it was the Roman Catholic Church. <laughs> wow. And this is the story of the book. Because I had built my castle by, you know, extorting uh, the, the taxes in Rome as the Emperor Nero. So my karmic reaction and my agreement, my between life agreement to pay that back was to allow myself to be destroyed financially by the Roman Catholic Church. Now remember, you gotta look at the symbolism. The Roman, the Roman Catholic Church represents Rome. And all those people were the same people I faced 2,000 years ago. Wow. <laughs> How can we end karmic actions to be a clean slate in the next well, life? Well, that's what I'm, that's where I uh, where I was going because okay. 
you can you can do all kinds of things when you do regression work. You can get a, you can build yourself a even stronger ego, or you can dismantle what is called the default mode ne network of of cells in your brain that creates you as a as as Aaron O'Dowd. See, Aaron O'Dowd is a default mode network in your brain, and it's sitting there with this between life agreement that you're running out. It's all based on your past karma, of course. Mm -hmm. You are who you are because of the past. And you're working your way through this timeline. Because what I did was based on, on about 5,000 years of, of interacting with, with people in agreements. And then it all came to a head in uh, 38 AD. And then it created the situation where I now had an ability to drop that that series of karmic uh, action and reaction relationships. Now I can make a choice. I can become enlightened and become the seer, or I can get even more egoic. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I, I'm choosing to let go of it and unwind it. What I call this unwinding your illusion. So you can go, when you go into this work, you can go in two directions. I mean, I'm not, there's probably thousands of directions you can go, but my my specialty is spiritual liberation. Is there a way of liberating someone? Yes, but it's up to them. Because remember, these are between life agreements. You're not doing this because you don't want to do it. You're doing it because it's satisfying some kind of of, of karmic issue that you want to experience. Remember, you got to go back to, to Quintus Barius, so that guy that might have been Quintus Barius. He wanted to have the experience of leading men to their deaths in an ambush. That was what he wanted to do. And he had this between life agreement with about eight to 10,000 other beings who wanted to do it, who wanted to experience being led into an ambush. And I think, I need, I think your audience is probably recognizing this, that all these timelines they don't necessarily have a relationship other than the fact that we cross each other's paths. But life just continues to go on and on. It, it has no beginning and no end until you decide to become enlightened. Until you decide, okay, I experienced that, done that, and that's, that's enough. I'm going to do something else. But you're the guy, or you're the woman. So I'd, like, I'd like your audience, whenever I say guy, and it means man and woman. Because everybody is related in this between life agreement. I mean, you and I probably had some kind of relationship over the last 7,000 years. I don't know what it is. Me either. I could probably find out. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, we, we may have been allies, or we, you may have plotted against me in Rome. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know, but we're, we're here together 7,000 years later. <laughs> here we are, facing yeah. each other again. Yeah. And I think we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> and believe me, I'm wiping my brow so that I was sweating and I was trying to figure out, did I kill you or what? <laughs> 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 but I, I hope that we were friends. But then remember, you were an ally with this this guy who did some uh, some some obviously not, not, not nice things. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You could have been an enabler. <laughs> <laughs> 
I now see why you use the the movie The Matrix as a, a way to give an example to your, your concepts because like Oh these guys got it right. These guys got it right. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. They got it right except the, the machinery. And you know, it's funny, like we're, we're you, you and I are chatting, but yet we're observing what we say, you know, we're flow of conversation, but yes, it's just playing out the way it's playing so consciousness can be aware of what we're doing at this particular right. point. Everybody who can hear what hear what we're talking about is actually ready for a transition. There's no way that, that, that these Russian characters are going to hear this. But over the next 2,000 years, they're going to have some pretty interesting diseases. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I hope your audience isn't upset by the fact that I'm laughing because in a way it's funny because you don't have to do this to yourself. All you have to do is realize that do unto others as you would have them do unto you, my friend. It's interesting that saying from the Bible, you know, if you look after yourself and look after others, you'd be fine, you know? Exactly, because that you're taking care of yourself because that other person is you. Because you're in the mind, and the mind has this system of, of labeling that makes the person out there, O'Dowd, and the person that I'm talking with, we're all the same person. We're all one. You, you, you go back to this Rubik's Cube. When you get it, the Rubik's Cube is the dual conscious universe. And when you're in that cube, the laws are cause and effect. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction until you wake up and discover that you're some a more deeper expansive being who has decided to have a certain kind of experience but you are neither that person or that experience and you don't have to do it but i mean you have to wake up to it i mean it's yeah. you pretty much if you got cancer you got cancer and you created it but you can uncreate it, it can meditation uh, awaken someone to this reality of the cube for example and let's put it this way when you're on the path and you're actually want to experience who you really are then the universe unfolds for you i mean people who are listening to me now are getting an insight that they may not have had and it's going to help them to a certain extent that if they want to do something about it they're going to have to actually get onto the path or onto a path but all of the material is out there everything you need is available to you when you decide that you want a different kind of uh, of experience and a different kind of life but you know it took me two thousand years to get here i didn't know any of this thing i'm talking to you about i just was tumbling through space and time creating my future not actually knowing what i was doing it's interesting how you had blinkers on for 2,000 years. It'd be cool if there was a, short, well, a shortcut where you could just turn off the blinkers right. and, and be like, I'm here. It's so astonishing when you look at, when you look at this concept of the, uh, uh, this, that I said. Once you recognize duality and that there's a mind creating this labeling system, all you have to do is stop labeling things. All you have to do is stop believing. I mean, it's as simple as that, you know? I mean, it, it can't be more simple. You are a spiritual being, and you are pure consciousness, having an experience as an ego. And all you have to do is wake up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that if you can recognize illusion as illusion, it dissolves. We need a, a brain to be able to ease process, but yes, if we are awake, does that process still happen? Yeah, everything keeps going because uh, the only thing that you do when you wake up is you become the observer. But all the karmic relationships keep going. You only, what happens is you understand why it's doing what it's doing. But the timelines continue to work and you, you continue to have a body. I mean, the, 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 uh, if, if you, a lot of your audience are going to be uh, aware of the various uh, teachers like Ramakrishna and, uh, and all these realized beings like Yogananda and stuff like that, who actually still have physical bodies and they continue to, pro to work in the physical body because the body itself has a, a beginning and an end as well. And it's running the karma out. But you, who you really are, are you step out of the identification with it. But it still continues to run. That story still continues to run. I still am the victim of a lot of my, my, my karmic backlash, you know. Well, I, I don't want to go too much into it, but uh, the point is, is that the life that I agreed to is still running. And it isn't going to stop running until I die. And then the body itself, I'll just drop the body away. And when you become the self and you're still alive in a physical relationship, you see consciousness, which is that globe. You saw the globe and, and the light. I did, yes, yeah. In the picture. Mm -hmm. And then you see the body because the body is projection out of that out of that consciousness. And it, that that body is is a composite of all my past. Those seven thousand years of, of of life created that body. I mean, there's a lot of things I can do to change some things, you know. Do I actually want to go through all that, you know? Yeah. I, I kind of decided that I'm just going to let this body run its course, you know. So, hypothetically, let's just say tomorrow you, you pass away and you've, you've done everything and your soul goes back up. Do you still relive this timeline or is that timeline finished? No, the timeline is finished, except that now there's a school. I, I run into a lot of different schools. I think your audience may be familiar with the concept, uh, the biblical concept of many mansions. There's a school that says that all these experiences are in those mansions. And what happens is you can actually go back and, and, and review them. Once, you, once you're a liberated spiritual being and you're, you're, you're pure consciousness yourself and you know who you are, you no longer identify with any of these timelines. The timelines are still there and you can plug into them. I mean, I'm, I, I haven't done it myself, but I'm just telling you that that's what some of the schools talk about. And in the Bible, it actually says there are many mansions. And those mansions, of course, are in the brain. So once you become a liberated spiritual being, I, like I said, I have not done it myself, but I've studied material over the years. And one of them says that those are your mansions. You create everything you created. Everything I created in that particular timeline, in this particular timeline, I can actually go back and review them. Wow, fascinating. Because life is eternal. There's no beginning and there's no end. The difference is that you decide at some point to be who you really are. Tisha, why did you go and write your book? It was kind of a compulsion from the point of view that I, I needed to put it all down to understand it. Cause see, Everything I do in the way of writing, I don't, I didn't know it before, if that means anything to you. Yeah, I get you. I flow out the book, and most of the time it surprises the hell out of me what I, what I float out. Must be one some big ham sandwich. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. 
but I don't know necessarily what I'm writing until I see it on the paper and read it back to myself. One of the things is, is I'm not building an ego. I'm unwinding my past. And that's what I'm trying to tell people to be guard on, be on guard about. Because you can get even a bigger ego when you go into the past lives issue. You can get stuck even deeper in the illusion. But if you follow the path with the point of view of being liberated, then what's happening is you unwind the default mode networks. Because what they are, what these default mode networks are, are masses of brain cells that have all these karmic cause and effect relationships. Now you can either strengthen them or you can dissolve the default mode network. Because they're just nuts. You created these karmic nuts. I can give you another example. I think most people know uh, Gorbachev, right? Mm-hmm. You know the term, you know. And you know he has this big birthmark on his head? It's huge. Well, obviously, when you understand the law, law of karmic reincarnation, several thousand years ago, he was the leader of some kind of uh, battle, and somebody brained him and killed him. <laughs> <laughs> right on that spot. And down through the years, this, this effect was so powerful I mean, you know, the way this works is when he first had this karmic issue happen, but he got his brains uh, smashed, he died, of course. That wasn't the last time that happened. It keeps happening over the years, but it gets less and less. And now all it is is a birthmark. None of this stuff ends when it happens. It's just part of the beginning of the end. And then at some time in the future, it ends up as a birthmark on your head. <laughs> uh, I presume in my in, in, in what in my discoveries, it takes about two thousand years to work up that kind of karma. So whatever happened to him happened about two thousand years ago. But it didn't just end there. It kept happening. But then at some point he stopped dying from the from the guy braining him. And then in in other lifetimes he'd walk through a door and he'd be too tall and he'd bang his head on there. And all it was was like, ooh, Jesus, that hurt. <laughs> I mean, your audience is probably uh, uh, pretty aware, so this is not going to come as a lot of surprises, you know. But I want to make sure they get it. It doesn't end. If you have some big thing happen to you 2,000 years ago, that isn't the end of it. It keeps happening. But the nice thing about it, it's not as bad as the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm sure when he got, when Gorbachev got brained, it hurt. And I think it really hurt. Matter of fact, it hurt so bad it killed him, probably. <laughs> Tisho, if there was someone on the, the street you, you met and they asked, uh, you know, Tisho, can you give me one piece of advice? What would you give? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's, that's still some of the law. There isn't anything else. I can tell you another story about a spiritual teacher who, what happened was she was walking through an airport and this guy comes up to her and shoves a gun in her chest and he says, I'm going to kill you. And her first thought was, don't do this to yourself. Because <laughs> the only person you can kill is yourself. And of course, obviously the end of the story is he didn't pull the trigger, but he wanted to, I guess. But you can't kill anybody except yourself. <laughs> Tisha, I want to say thank you so much for coming on to the show and sharing what I got to share, man. Okay, I'm fine. I was happy to do it. Fantastic. 
Thank you for spending the time to listen to the show. If you want to learn more, check out sansit.com. That's S-A-N-C-I-T dot com. Join Sansit Group on Facebook and contact us if you have any questions. Until next time, have an awesome day and rock on.